This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Hi, Joe Hill here, lock and key dude and writer of other stuff. Kate Leth asked if I could recommend three freaky comics for the witching season, and oh man, did she come to the right guy. Some people say comics can't be scary, but I say some people are stupid, and I can prove it. Let me see if I can fix you up with a few creeptastic comics for Fright Night. For classic stuff, you want to go back to the marshy stink and rot of Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing. With due respect to Walking Dead, still the gold standard for a long-running horror comic. From the sickening moral jolt of the first issue, through the Clive Barker-esque standalones in the middle part of the series, to the trippy and strangely euphoric filth of the last chapter, this does everything you hope a horror comic will do, and a whole lot more. But the thing that will really give you the chills is watching as Alan Moore discovers his own unique voice and artistic convictions, forging the hammers and knives he would bring to his brutal and brilliant future work. I love David Cronenberg movies, especially the stomach-churning early work like Rabid, Scanners, and The Fly, which focused on the corruption of the body and the horrors of infection, of mutation. So no surprise that I think Black Hole by Charles Burns is one of the best comics ever made, and by best, I mean nastiest. In this meditation on teen sexuality, set in the rainy Northwest, a kind of toxic STD begins to pass among the kids, causing some to shed their skins, literally, others to grow tails, and our heroine to develop a second mouth in her throat, a mouth with a mind of its own. Almost a decade after Black Hole was released, it still has the startling force and freshness of those first Nirvana songs. You'll want to scrub yourself all over with Brillo pads after you read this book. Finally, let's hear it for the scariest goddamn comic of the moment, brand new in stores, Witches, written by Scott Snyder and illustrated by Jock. It's the story of a teenage girl named Sailor who escapes a sadistic bully, with the help of a wicked soul hiding inside a tree. Nothing comes for free, though. And even though there's only been one issue of this series so far, it's clear Sailor now owes a terrible debt to something monstrous and cruel. Once you read the first jaw-dropping, bone-crunching pages, there's no going back. The first chapter is the most a single issue of anything has ever scared me. If you want trouble sleeping... Jock and Scott Snyder have you covered. Happy Halloween, you guys. Stay safe. Is there anything better than that? Comic recommendations from Joe Hill himself. We got that just as we finished recording this week's episode, but how could we not include it? What a treat. Hope it sets the tone. Hope you're feeling spooky. Let's get to the show. On today's show, it's less than alive with Kate and Die. Halloween is coming. Drew Rausch is here to talk Edward Scissorhands. Horror comic recommendations from Scott Snyder, Emily Carroll, and more. Satan, maybe? I don't know. Let's do it. Welcome back to episode nine. It's been a while, hasn't it? How are you guys? A whole bunch of comics came out that I worked on in the period of time since we've last 
spoken or you've last listened to me. Um, the biggest thing is that uh, Edward Scissorhands is out or will be out by the time you listen to this. And that's incredibly exciting. Uh, I've been working on this for a long time. Uh, the the artist is going to be on the show with us today, Drew Roush, and uh, it's in stores. You can get it. It's a it's an awesome Halloweeny comic, I think, and it's going to be continuing well into early next year, and actually longer than you might think, because the universe is sometimes wonderful. Um, it's a story that takes place a couple generations after the film, and it's sort of a standalone teenage uh, mystery story. But yeah, it's it's so exciting to see it. You know, there were advanced copies. Um, at the show I was at, and I, I got to hold it and, and look at it, and, and it's it's really, really neat. It's kind of one of the biggest projects that I've worked on so far, and I'm very, very excited. Um, Bravest Warriors, number 25, and Fraggle Rock, number one, came out on the same day on October 8th, and oh my gosh, that was really cool. <laughs> so I think maybe the first time I've had two comics out on the same day, and uh, it was a big day, you know, Witches and, and Batgirl and like a, a bunch of other titles came out that same day as well, but uh, really awesome to see Fraggle Rock. The comic is beautiful. Jake Myler, who's the artist, is absolutely fantastic. His sense of color is amazing, and I, I, I love good coloring. It's one of my, you know, it's one of the things I always look for in comics, and one of the things I notice first, and uh, uh, this thing is so fun and technicolor and and just you know vibrant and and we really think that it's it's an all ages comic you know it's it's something for kids but also for you know people who've grown up and who loved the show when they were younger to read with their kids or to share with their kids and that's what we were going for and and you know i hope that that's kind of what we've hit um the book is full of poems and songs and I, that was one of my favorite things to get to do because i'm a, a big nerd for that kind of stuff um bravest warriors 25 is the special bug cat issue and bug cat is a sort of bizarro version bizarro bizarro <laughs> version of Catbug, uh, who has some pretty dangerous motivations and uh, has come onto the Bravest Warriors ship to cause havoc. And uh, that one is, I think, I think it's a pretty fun story, uh, even if you're not super familiar with the comics, even if you haven't been reading it since Ian McGinty and I started our run. Um, yeah, a basic familiarity with the show will give you all that you need. It's got six awesome backup artists um, that contribute these stories that take place at six different times a day featuring six of the different characters um, and bug cat causing havoc. So I'm really excited about it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it was sort of our most ambitious issue to date. And uh, Ian and I are really into the idea of doing these really fun one shots. There's going to be another one in issue 29 that is going to be Littlest Warriors and it's going to be great. Uh, so we're going to be doing that every couple of issues and uh, hoping that people are going to have fun with it. So you know, those are those are the biggest things coming out right now. Um, we're two weeks from the release of the next Adventure Time book that I've written, Bittersweets, which is about Princess Bubblegum and Peppermint Butler going on kind of a Lord of the Rings-style quest for uh, some you know, mystical items that they need to power the Candy Kingdom. And it's a story about lady friends and self-doubt and, and black magic <laughs> because these things go together for me. So lots of stuff coming out. I'm so excited. Uh, let's talk about where I've been. She was here, now she's gone. Heels, now she's at the car. Who's in her cat? My roommate. Who's what kitchen? Lisa. What's the next city on kids? 
So my next event is coming up very soon. It is this weekend, if you're listening to it, the week of October 22nd. And it is the Halloween Comics Fest at Comics Megazone in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm really excited for this. I've never been to Puerto Rico. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be cool. We're kind of doing it for the launch of Scissor Hands. I'm going to be signing that and Bravest Warriors and Fraggle Rock and uh, some Adventure Time stuff, too. So if you happen to be in or near San Juan or uh, feel free uh, to buy some very expensive last-minute plane tickets, come and check it out. I think it's going to be great. And hopefully there's going to be some really awesome costumes. So that's what's next. Um, I haven't talked to any of, of y'all since I got back from both DICE and uh, NYCC. Uh, DICE was the dinner, the Dublin International Comic Expo. And uh, that was in Ireland, as Dublin always has been. And it was fantastic. I I cannot think of a show that I've been to where I've honestly had a better time, not only during the show, but outside of it. Um, the people that run it are absolutely fantastic. It's run by Big Bang, uh, which is a comic shop there. And uh, the guy who runs that, John Hendrick, is an absolute gent, uh, one of the nicest people that I've met. And they have an incredible shop there, an incredible show. Um, uh, Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair, who are a comics power couple to be feared and respected and loved, <laughs> uh, kind of co-organized the show and they invited me and I was really excited, had an absolutely incredible time. You know, the show was amazing. We did some cool ghost tours and got to see a whole bunch of like old Ireland and, and it was amazing. It was just amazing. I stayed in a hotel that had elevators that I'm pretty sure were like made for a porn shoot. It was on there. They were like these silver padded walls and they had chandeliers in them. It was insane. <laughs> so that has nothing to do with the convention, but it's an interesting fact. Um, that show was awesome. It was kind of the first show for me that I really had younger, like teen and, and tween boys coming up to get stuff signed, which comes with Bravest Warriors, but uh, it was sort of new for me and was really exciting. Everybody was just so awesome. I can't can't talk enough about how great that show was. Um, I did my first cosplay at that show. I went as Lucy from The Wicked and the Divine, which is a comic I talk about here all the time by uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. And that was nerve-wracking, but also really fun. So Dice, forever. Dice is amazing. Uh, came back, had about six days in my house to feed my cat and do my laundry, and then I was off to New York Comic Con, which is like the show that everyone I think both loves and hates. <laughs> it's so big and so overwhelming and so exhausting, but also has some of the coolest experiences and all of the people that you want to meet. So that show was was pretty wild. I got in there on Tuesday and was part of this thing called Shipwreck, where um, a bunch of different authors write fan fiction based on a book of choice for the show. And for New York Comic Con, it was Watchmen. So I wrote some erotic fan fiction about Night Owl. Um, so uh, Cecil Baldwin, who's the narrator of Welcome to Night Vale, read aloud my story about weird bird sex. And that was great. <laughs> it was the first night I was there and I lost my voice, which is also why the podcast is a little later than usual, because um, I can only just talk again. Uh, uh, that was great. And then uh, the show started on Thursday. Uh, they had uh, these crazy advanced copies of uh, Edward Scissorhands there that Gabriel Rodriguez had, did, uh, had done the exclusive cover for. So I got to do a signing with Gabriel Rodriguez, who's the artist from Lock and Key, and was responsible for me being published in a comic book for the first time. So it was really neat to see things kind of come full circle that way and very exciting. Um, that, yeah, that show is... is <laughs> It's so tiring, but it was fun. And, and you know, I got to be with Ian McGinty, who's, you know, my artist and Bravest Warriors and one of my favorite people in the world. So um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's over because after it, you just want to sleep for a week. But there's not really anything else. There's not really anything else quite like it. Um, I'm finally coming down to the end question mark of con season. Um, 
And uh, I'm pretty excited to kind of not not do that for a, a short amount of time and actually get some writing done. Um, you can catch me again at Halloween Comics Fest in uh, just a couple of days, or maybe it's already over if you're late to listen to the podcast, in which case, shame on you. Um, and then after that, I'm going to be at HalCon, which is in my hometown of Halifax, Nova Scotia, and that is November 7th to 9th. And then you're kind of out of luck until uh, April or March, I think. Um, but, you know, that's good. Stay home. Enjoy your family. What is Now, this is our Halloween episode, and I am going to get to some spooky titles. But in the meantime, or before that, we're prefacing it. I read a bunch of comics that were not necessarily scary, but I want to talk about them because they were fantastic. Now, I had talked before about uh, picking up and, and flipping through Shoplifter by Michael Cho, and I finally read it. And it is a, a story kind of about a woman working at an advertising agency who has a little bit of a crisis of faith. She's not really sure what she's doing with her life. And it's a short book. It's a quick read. But it's it's interesting. It's it's got the. I mean, the art is absolutely beautiful. You know, Mike Cho's stuff is this sort of single color um, shading style and brush pen that I I've talked about before that I love so much. And uh, it, yeah, it's it's it does sort of quiet moments really well. So I love that. Uh, definitely check it out because I think it is his first you know sequential comics work uh, as far as I know. And uh, I, I would love him to do more. So buy it. <laughs> Another book that I checked out was In Real Life by Cory Doctorow and Jen Wang. And uh, Jen Wang is an artist who I've liked for a while, but this book is on a whole other level from some of the other stuff of her that I've seen. Um, it's a story about online gaming and MMORPGs, and uh, but economics as well, a little bit about the way that um, – businesses are run and, and wealth is, is distributed. It's, it's interesting. It's not what I would have expected. Um, but the story definitely is aiming for something a little deeper than just like an online fantasy story. And that's cool. And I liked it a lot. Um, the art in this book is so great. I mean, the, the main character, you know, it, it, the art changes between when she is in the uh, the online world and the gaming world and, and when she is, you know, in, in regular life. And her avatar is, is you know, this cool-looking lady warrior. And, and the other characters in that online world are so well-designed. It's just these awesome, badass lady demon warriors. And I am all about that. So uh, that book, not just for the story, but the gorgeous art, the unbelievable coloring, like the palette in this book is, is just fantastic. Um, totally check it out. That's pretty new and uh, should be should be readily available. Um, but yeah, I, I hope to see some more stuff like that. Um, just great. Another release uh, from, I believe, last week was Black Sad Amarillo by, uh, I'm, I hope I'm not going to butcher their names, uh, Juan Diaz Canales and Juanjo Gardino. I hope I'm not saying that wrong, but um, they are a fantastic team. Uh, the artist Garnito uh, used to work at Disney Paris or Disney France. And uh, you can totally tell he's got an absolute sense for animation. Um, the book is in watercolor and it's based around this detective called John Blacksad, who is an anthropomorphic cat. And the entire book, the whole world is populated by 
humanistic animals, but the range and the diversity of the animals. You know, it's, all, it's not all just cats and foxes, which is <laughs> the kind of stuff you normally see in uh, more furry-ish comics. Um, but this, you know, there's chameleons and there's ostriches and, and koalas and bears. And it, it, the, the choices that they make for what characters represented by which animal uh, is so strong and so smart. And uh, that, uh, that book is original. I mean, it's been translated. There's a volume that you can get that's just called Black Sad. And then there's a follow-up called Black Sad, A Silent Hell, which is an awesome New Orleans Mardi Gras crime story. It's probably my favorite, but this one is really great. It's all about Black Sad having to deliver this car uh, to a house in Tulsa and everything goes horribly wrong. But there's circuses in it. I'm a sucker for circuses. Um, so... If you like beautiful art and you're willing to give talking animals a try, which you should, at least only in this case or in the case of Beasts of Burden, another fantastic story, um, definitely do it. Black Sad rules. <laughs> I also finally read um, the Moon Knight volume that came out when Marvel relaunched, which is called From the Dead. It's written by Warren Ellis and uh, drawn by Declan Shalvey and colored by Jordi Belair. And it is great. It, uh, I, I had no familiarity with Moon Knight, and I love when I can come into a story and a character without knowing about it and just kind of dive right in and not feel totally lost. And the, the art, the art in this book, Declan, I mean, he's just the best. He's the best. <laughs> and the coloring style in this is really cool. You know, every time that you see Moon Knight, who, I'm, and I should explain a little better, as far as I can tell, he was insane, and then he died, and then he came back, and now he sort of works with the police as a vigilante. And, uh, you know, it's kind of it's classic insane person dies and comes back from the dead. And he, he wears all white, but he has different costumes in almost every issue. And the way that it's colored is just that there's absolutely no shading on him when he's in costume. And the way that that stands out from the very sort of lush backdrops in the book is, is a really interesting color choice. So I love that. You should totally check it out. Now for the spookums. got a bunch of recommendations in this episode from some of my absolute favorite horror writers and horror aficionados in comics. But um, just my personal picks from the last little while, because tis the season and a lot of really cool spooky Halloween-y books have been coming out. Uh, the brand new Sabrina series just started, which is a branch off of the Afterlife with Archie series, which is uh, great. I talked about that before. It's fantastic. Um, but Sabrina focuses specifically on Sabrina Spellman, on her family, and on the witches, and, and all of that craziness. Uh, it's very different than Afterlife. It takes place in the 60s, which is an interesting choice. And, you know, definitely has that same kind of Lovecraftian feel to it. Um, loved the first issue. It's fantastic. It's uh, written by the same guy, uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, sorry, uh, <laughs> and uh, drawn by Robert Hack. It's really, really cool. And uh, that book came out just before Witches, the new series from Scott Snyder and Jock. And I love Scott Snyder's horror stuff. It is my favorite. And this book is uh, kind of, I mean, I want to say rural noir. The noir aspect, not so much, but definitely has a Blair Witchy feel to it. Um, I don't really know how to explain too much about it without giving something away, but uh, there's, there's a lot to do with pledges and curses and dark things that'll come back to get you. So I would, if you're looking to get legitimately freaked out reading a comic, uh, yeah, check out Witches. It's great.
in honor of the year's greatest holiday and my favorite month, um, I decided to ask a bunch of my favorite horror writers and people to recommend a bunch of comics, some real spooky, scary, creepy, eerie stories that maybe I wouldn't have thought of. So five people that I talked to uh, responded with a bunch of titles that they think you should check out. We'll start with number one. Uh, the first person I asked was Scott Snyder, who is the writer of Batman. Uh, it's pretty much on the introduction he really needs. But uh, Scott has also written a bunch of other series, The Wake, uh, American Vampire, Severed, and uh, Witches, which I uh, just talked about, which just came out. So Scott is a, a, a horror veteran. I would say. And uh, Scott's first recommendation was Uzumaki, which is a book I also really, really love, which is a manga series by Junji Ito. And uh, he wanted me to particularly point out that it was given to him by Kieran Gillen, the goth king. Um, He also loves Echoes by Josh uh, Fialkov. I'm going to try not to pronounce that wrong, uh, which is from Archaea, which he describes as a haunting story of guilt and legacy. Demeter by Becky Cloonan is his third choice, which is a fantastic mini-comic that Becky put out, which won all kinds of awards. Uh, It's a mix of folktale and horror that's both unsettling and deeply moving. Scott's bonus comic recommendation was one that almost every person I asked recommended, which is Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. And if you've listened to the show before, you know how obsessed with that book I am. It is fantastic. Scott calls it horror poems done in comic form. The second person I talked to isn't this fitting, was Emily Carroll. (laughs) Emily is one of my favorite artists and authors and uh, the queen of the short story horror comic. She recommends Junji Ito's Tomi series uh, because she said, everyone else is going to pick Uzumaki. Um, She also loves Flesh and Bone by Julia Grofer or Grofair. And uh, her third choice, which is something that I really, really loved, was Beautiful Darkness. Um... I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the, la- the names of these people because I feel terrible every time I butcher something. It'll be in the show notes. But Beautiful Darkness, uh, she describes as not really horror, but it's nihilistic and full of raw dread. And I couldn't think of anything else. Uh, this book looks on the outside like a kid's fairy tale story, but it is, it's real creepy. It's basically about all of these um, woodland creatures that live uh, inside of a corpse. <laughs> I really like it. It's gorgeous watercolor book. Um, so definitely check that out. The third person I talked to was Marguerite Bennett. And Marguerite is a, a writer that I have just recently gotten to know. She is a fantastic person and she is the writer on the new Sleepy Hollow series for Boom, which she's uh, working on. And uh, she's done a bunch of stuff for DC. Marguerite's all over the place. She's fantastic. Also one of the best dressed people in comics. No one I know owns more sundresses than that girl. Um, She recommends a collection that Rachel Deering put together called In the Dark, which she said is 31-shot horror stories. The book is enormous and has everyone from Scott Snyder down to little old me. (laughs) She also recommends Emily Carroll's Through the Woods. Who wouldn't? It's so good. Uh, Neil Gaiman's The Comical Tragedy or Tragical Comedy of Mr. Punch, which he did with Dave McKean. And that is a real creepy book. Pretty much anything Neil Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean do together is, is going to make you uncomfortable and, and freaked out. So great Halloween reading. And her last one she wanted to point out, just in case anyone hasn't read it, is Black Hole by Charles Burns, which um, featured in uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes or whatever the, the most recent apes movie is, which I thought was kind of weird um, because it's a book about an STD that uh, travels through a small town that mutates people. So I mean, you get bond over all kinds of books. It seemed like a strange choice, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Charles Burns is an amazing writer and uh, artist, and definitely check that out. 
The uh, last person that I got recommendations from was Jordi Belair, who is an awesome colorist, um, just an incredible human being and a horror buff. And Jordi recommends Shutterbug Follies by Jason Little, which I personally also really liked. She says, I read this as it was updating long ago as a web series. It's a murder mystery and adorable and beautifully colored, and I've never forgotten it. And it is a creepy story. It, it definitely starts off a lot uh, more lighthearted than it ends up. So have a look for that one. It's also got a really gorgeous cover, if I remember correctly. Just really like some nice spot gloss or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jordi also recommends Greetings from Hellville by Thomas Ott. And she says, basically anything by Thomas Ott is brilliant. Silent black and white stories. You can't go wrong. She's totally right about this. I love Thomas Ott's stuff. Um, I'm really big into Panopticon, which is one of his books. But uh, yeah, definitely a lot of dread in those books and really cool black and white um, etching and line shitting style. Uh, her last choice was Hellboy the Midnight Circus by Mike Mignola, who is with that book. So good. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike Mignola, Duncan Figueredo, and Dave Stewart. Um, she says, this is just beautiful in every way. I don't know if it's outright horror, but the tone and mood and creepiness of it all is just wonderful. And it is. That's really, it's really great. Um, I've, uh, <laughs> one of my last recommendations, uh, comes from Jeremy, who I met in Ireland, who's great. And he recommends a book called Pishu, which he says is a collection of different stories that take place in this one apartment building, a strange mark showing up on all the walls. And this otherworldly evil force takes control of all the tenants almost like a Lovecraftian old one getting into their minds. I was kind of asking around everybody that I knew to recommend horror comics and realizing that there's so much that I haven't read and so much that I want to check out. And, um, the funny thing about it is nobody talked about lock and key. <laughs> lock and key is like the thing that really got me into horror comics and one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, it's Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. The series is finished now, which is so great to recommend because you can actually read the entire thing. It's six volumes. It's an awesome story of murder and the supernatural and keys. Um, so I've I've mentioned it, but if you haven't checked out Lock and Key, you should really give it a shot. You owe it to yourself. You deserve nice things. Um, my last two things are Silverfish by David Lapham, which is a creepy little self-contained story about some kids who end up accidentally calling the serial killer ex-boyfriend of their mom, and he starts coming after them, and he's totally crazy. Um, it's very creepy, um, definitely not you know, cute and charming in the way that some uh, spooky books I like are. It's it's really freaky. Uh, but uh, a good thing to read if you're alone at night on a spooky October's evening. Um, check out Afterlife with Archie if you haven't. I talked about Sabrina, but that series is great. It's so fun. Um, read more Halloween books. <laughs> what a great time of year it is, isn't it? Hear the creatures of the night, my children. What beautiful music they make. Listen, what is it they're saying? It sounds like, oh yes, support my podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash less than live. There are approximately a billion, maybe a million, titles to choose from for whichever media device suits your fancy. How many devices are there? I, I have so many questions. If you're horrified by all the choice, like I sometimes am, don't worry, little ghouls and goblins. The full cast recording of one of my favorite Neil Gaiman stories, The Graveyard Book, is now available on Audible. It's an awesome recording. I'm really excited about it. A perfect Halloween story, and with our trial, it's free. 
Just head to audibletrial.com forward slash less than live and let those beautiful accents whisk you away. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. She's gonna ask you questions. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. This is the interview section. So today on the show, we have an incredibly appropriate guest, I like to think. Um, Drew Roush is here, and he is the artist on Edward Scissorhands, which I'm writing because uh, nepotism. And uh, Drew also is the artist of a webcomic called My Blacks Don't Match and is a true goth, I like to believe. Uh, hey, Drew. Hey, Kate. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I am very excited. It's coming out. It's happening. It's, it's happening. It is a real thing. Yeah. It's going to no be out. One- I mean... When the podcast comes out, it'll be out today, or it's already been out. Oh my God, we're time traveling. I know. <laughs> Crazy. I'm so excited. I can't believe this. It's, it's it's happening. It's no longer an imaginary thing in my head. And it's real, and people are going to be able to read it and buy it and share it. Um, I, I, are you doing anything to, to like celebrate? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm going. Sleeping? I, no, well, there's no sleeping. Not in art. No, no, I still have four more of these things to draw. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's all your fault. <laughs> I know I'm the worst. Buckle snaps. Um, I'm, I'm actually uh, to celebrate. I'm going. I'm going to Philadelphia for a wedding at a at the Muter Museum. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you were talking about that, and uh, tell tell me and tell everybody about the Muter uh, Museum. If anyone has never been to the Muter Museum, it's this uh, museum in Philadelphia. Um, It's it's just this. It's it's not huge. It's it's two floors, but it's um, they just have the greatest collection of medical skeletons and oddities and uh, death masks, and it's just kind of like the perfect place to be for a Uh, wedding. Or a wedding. I can't. So you were telling me a little bit about this the other day, but um, the the people who have elected to get married in a place full of fetuses and jars um, mm-hmm. are they a, a really spooky couple? No, they are the <laughs> exact opposite of that. Uh, she is a, I think, a hotel uh, manager, and he's a chef. Um, and they are two of the most normal people. I mean, as normal as, you know, uh, Italian families go uh, that I I have ever met. Uh, So uh, she had, it was at a family gathering, I think, uh, uh, Christmas last year. And we were looking over uh, wedding photos of, from uh, my wedding. And, and we kind of had a big spooky wedding. I would imagine so. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was actually, it kind of looked like a a funeral march because it was pouring rain and (laughs) Everybody was dressed in black and we all had like black umbrellas. Oh and God. so like all the pictures like were on this bridge and it's like pouring rain. It was, oh, that's my dream. It was pretty perfect. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we're, we're pouring over these pictures and, and uh, she's um, going nuts over like our wedding invitations, which I, which I drew um, and like all the, all the kind of like cool spooky stuff uh that that we we did i mean it was it was still a traditional wedding but it had a lot of um like kind of snuck spooky elements like our cake was like sort of like this tim burtony towered cake with a big sugar pumpkin on top of it 
Oh, yeah. It's it the a, best. Right? I got a cake like that for my birthday this year. I got I a Nightmare Before Christmas cake. Oh, was, my God. I was so jealous. Oh, that thing was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so, yeah, so she uh, she was like, oh, well, you know, you got to do our invitations. And I'm, right. I'm just kind of just sitting there like, oh, OK, <laughs> I'll do you. I'll do your invitations. And I'm I'm like waiting for the other ball to drop. Like, so like what wacky thing are you going to make me do like wedding bills or something? She's like, no, no, I want. We're having our wedding at the Muter Museum. <laughs> like immediately I'm like drawing things. I got like, you know, uh, Siamese fetus heads with their initials carved right. in their faces. <laughs> oh my God. Romance. 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 Total, total yeah. love. Totally. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we settled on something like pretty classy. It's, it's two pumpkins that are like Siamese together. And they have their initials carved in them, and there's like a little skull with a bow. And and as I'm doing all this, I can hear him like rolling his eyes into the back of his head. (laughs) Just like whatever. No, but that's perfect. Um, But yeah, so yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm just pretty excited. I've only been to the Moon Museum once, and I don't know if I can handle it. Honestly, it's uh, it's so good though. Uh, It's it's just so interesting. Yeah, Uh, they have. uh, sliced parts of cool. Albert Einstein's brain. Oh my gosh! Upstairs, so That's like, so cool. I, 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 just, I yeah. can't imagine it's going to be a it's going to be a thing. I went to um to the shop in New York, Evolution, that has all the like it's all skeletons and like parts. Oh right, and, right. And, uh, taxidermy and things like that and i was so excited and you know a couple of my friends were a little weirded out by it um but there's something about once stuff is in jars it gets to a whole other level of of squick that i'm like i think i could handle it but there would definitely be moments where i'd be like oh this is too much for me um oh you you don't want to just unscrew those jars and just kind of <laughs> just really dig in there just get, get in there yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. Um, so that's coming up uh, this weekend, next weekend, sometime soon. Uh, it's it's this Saturday. Oh, crazy. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's really funny that uh, Edward comes out tomorrow because yeah. it is uh, my wife and I uh, our anniversary. What so, on Edward Scissorhands Day? On Edward Scissorhands oh, Day. Oh my God! Congratulations! So, that is you. so great. So, oh, Drew, not yeah, more goth. Well, uh, yeah, thanks. Oh, that's so great. Well, I'm so excited for you guys and uh, for us, selfishly. Yes, of course. <laughs> so you are doing, I know you're doing a bunch of signings for that coming up. Yes? Yes. Uh, I'm going to be uh, at Beach Ball Comics uh, tomorrow, um, which is in Anaheim. Like, it's not too far from Disneyland. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, we'll be there, or I'll be there from, I believe it's five to seven. And um, I'm a little nervous. I'm just going to be by myself. Oh, no. Well, I mean, you'll do great. Well, I'll, well, we'll see. So uh, so if anybody's in Anaheim, please uh, please come by. I, I don't want to sit alone. <laughs> no, it's I think it'll be awesome. Fun. I think it'll be awesome. I am so happy that we managed to finagle this book to come out the week before Halloween. Because that is you never nuts. know. You never know with publishing schedules, right? Right, right. But that's pretty exciting. It, it fits. Yeah. It fits. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's nothing very Halloweenish about this book at all. No, but the fact that it is Edward Scissorhands and it's but, coming uh, out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. So, and we're going to be in Hot Topic. I know. We have a Hot Topic exclusive. Yeah, hot Topic exclusive. How crazy is that? Because I I'm just like... 
bucket list getting crossed off. Yeah. In one shot. <laughs> I, I mean, on the photos that I've been using for the, the back matter and to like solicit people is me and my Edward Scissorhands sweater from when I was 16 that I bought at Hot Topic. Because in Canada, there was no Hot Topic when I was 16. You couldn't, you had to be in the States. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And I was on this road trip with my boyfriend in high school at the time. And uh, like my number one goal was to go to Hot Topic. <laughs> and I remember spending all my money on that Edward Scissorhands sweater. It was like $70. It's crazily <laughs> overpriced. Um, and I wore that thing until it, completely fell apart um i remember like i bought a nightmare before christmas t-shirt and i had like a corpse bride tank top or something oh, no because corpse bride wasn't out yet um no, no. no but i i did have one later when i went on another trip um but yeah everything i bought was just like tim burton swag and nothing has changed because when i was in the states four months ago i bought an edward scissorhands wallet <laughs> Which is so funny because, like, I'm at the grocery store all the time. I will, like, go to pay. And so I pull out my while, my wallet and the person behind the counter will be like, oh, yeah, it was your hands. I really love that. And I just stand there. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Like, I don't I don't want to be like, oh, well, I'm also writing that I, I'm the exact opposite. I'm, like, <laughs> really? a real dick about it. Like, I'll be, I'll be at the, uh, the checkout line and uh, at, at the grocery store and – the woman checking out will be like, uh, so how was your day? I was like, well, I drew Edward Scissorhands today. <laughs> she, they just look at me like, okay. Yep. Like, you know, Edward Scissorhands. I'm drawing the sequel to the movie in a comic book form. <laughs> and they're okay. And I'm like, it's written by Kate Leth. And they're like, oh. That oh, never, that never happens. Now I know. That and never happens. <laughs> I guarantee happens it. all the time. <laughs> oh, man. I had... See, I don't like I don't get like recognized ever except for in New York Comic Con. The one this is unrelated, but I think this story is hilarious because it was like I was on my way down to the show floor and it was like 815 in the morning or something because I had to go to this retailer breakfast and I'm like half asleep and like still like fixing my hair on the walk down. And this person just like runs up to me and grab like chucks me on the shoulder and is like, Kate Leth, you fucking rock. <laughs> and then just oh like God. took off down the street. <laughs> It's just like, thanks. I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> that was my weirdest experience. I, 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 I never, I never get stuff like. Oh, that. what's gonna happen? I Over never get hands. stuff like you're, that. You get, you're gonna have like the closest thing I ever now. had to that was at, at again, completely unrelated, but at San Diego Comic Con uh, this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, I'm standing by the slave labor graphics booth, and I just finished a signing. And I'm just kind of standing there, like, getting my, my wits about me and with a, a group of about four people. Out of nowhere, this guy comes out, spins me around, whips out his phone, screams, sideburn selfie. What? And I'm just, like, completely dazed. And I'm, like, trying to duck his camera. And the guy's got, like, this death grip on my neck. Oh, my God. And I, I think I'm being, like, accosted, but... <laughs> What is happening? And everybody's just kind of staring at me, and I'm completely, and I'm like, dude, I'm not taking a picture. It's like, ah, and he, like, he wow. goes off begrudgingly. But that's the stuff that happens to me. I never get Drew Roush. Well, Rouse. you do have some pretty crazy uh, hair. I do. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do too. I actually, this is, you know, not related to me being anybody, but we do here in Halifax, uh, every year they do a thing called Nocturne, which is basically there's one night where the city does all this outdoor art stuff. And it's like all night long, it's just all these businesses and all these buildings are open and people do art installations and stuff like that. Um, and it's fun. It's because you can kind of just go out and like walk around. But we were, my friend Elaine and I were walking down the street and 
she sees this person next to me, like getting real up close into the side of my head. And her, her assumption was it's a friend, you know, like your friend will go up and be pretend creepy and then be like, right. Oh, Hey, hi. So she assumed it was somebody I knew. So she kind of jokingly is like, Oh, I think, I think someone's looking at you. And I turn and there's this guy who's like hmm, mid thirties, I would say s- sort of normal looking dude, um, like glasses and, and a mustache is all I remember of specifically. Of course. <laughs> and I, just turn and I have no idea who he is. And I, I look and I'm like, uh, uh, hi. He's like, oh, hello. I was just looking at your hair. And he was like, almost smelling my ear. Like this Ew. guy. Yeah. And Elen is just like, oh, uh, sorry. I thought you knew him. I'm like, no. She goes, uh, I think you're kind of crossing the boundary of personal space. And the guy's just like, oh, well, I'm a hairdresser. So I was just looking at your hair. Oh. And I was like, um, you're really close to my body. And he just went, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was an open evening. Oh. And like we, <laughs> we just, I tried to crawl out of my skin. My God! <laughs> yeah, Elaine and I were like, okay, and just like ducked behind this other group of people and hid there for a while. It was it, terrifying. It, I don't know what it is with people and like hair. Yeah, but if you have an unusual, oh uh, yeah, but it's not like you know, I I really personally don't don't get it, mm-hmm. uh, but. It's something like you could be dressed in a three-piece suit or, oh, uh, you know, the high-quality dress or whatever. Yeah. But if your hair is just like a little bit weird, yeah, people freak out. Like people just have no boundaries when it comes to that. Oh my God, we, uh, you know, being being a spooky kid, you know, we we have the teased-out hair and we have you know kill the ozone at least once a week. Uh, and and people are just constantly like, can I touch it? Yeah. Which is probably the most creepiest thing you can ever have somebody say to you. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I had, I mean, I've always had crazy hair up until, I mean, now that I've got an undercut, but my hair is like my hair color. Um, but for years, you know, my hair was hot pink or cherry red or lime green or whatever. And it is, people just like completely lose that boundary of like, I should not touch a stranger. You know, <laughs> stuff that seems really normal. But yet they, you know, if there's a a head in a jar, they're not going to touch that. But your yeah. hair's wacky. It's weird. All like, bets are off. I would get, I mean, I had a, a period of time where my hair was about shoulder length and real chappy, like very scene girl hair. And it was like hot pink, hot, hot pink. And then I had these like raccoon um, dyed pieces that were like in feather stripes of white. And uh, yeah, I would, like women would just come up to me on the street and just start just touching it. Or, like, I would feel someone behind me in line at a grocery store just, like, grabbing my hair. So weird. Is it real? Yeah. Is real? Or they'd be like, oh, and my daughter dyes her hair, too. And I was like, uh, okay. And, I mean, like, I get it now with my tattoos, like, where people will totally cross that boundary and touch you. But something, yeah, there's something about hair that's just, like, you go from being a person to being, like, an oddity. Right. Get that. And then those people, they, they go from being completely like normal human beings to like creepy, like witchy, gnarly looking characters. And, yeah. Like, scratching at you like you're. Yeah. Uh, okay. So weird. Terrifying. <laughs> I don't cool. understand that. Because it's just like, I would never do that to somebody. I don't know. I, I, do, the, I do the nod. Like if I, yeah. I see somebody who has person, the same kind of personal taste as me, mm-hmm. I give them, you know, the, the acceptance nod and, yeah. and everything. we walk our separate ways and it's fine. Yeah. We are the weirdos. I, I, my favorite thing, especially with 
um, my tattoos is, is kids. Like when kids look or kids are like kind of like that really tentative sort of sheepish trying to look, but they know that they shouldn't or like that their mom will be like, quit staring. And, you know, you look and kind of like smile at them or give them a wink or just like a thumbs up. I love doing that because kids like freak yeah. out, you know, because uh, it's just like, oh, this person seems scary, but maybe they're nice. Um, right. <laughs> And then, then you get the parental side eye. Like, oh yeah, you know. I had one. Like, don't, don't, don't put your your weirdness on my kid. Yeah, I've had way more weirdness from parents than I have yeah. um, from from kids. It's always the parents that are super <laughs> weird to me. So I don't know. I think like yeah, I mean, we were obviously very strange looking people, but we've got pretty good manners. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're strange. I mean, I've oh, seen different. some strange people, yeah. but you know, we're eclectic. eclectic. I like that. <laughs> we are good people, I think, to be working on this this weird book. I I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um. So another thing I want to ask you is, um, what are you what are you doing for Halloween, Drew? I am. Um, we we actually didn't have plans for a while, but we we decided on. Um, well, the reason we didn't have any plans to to kind of backtrack a little bit is last year uh, we got tickets to the Danny Elfman Tim Burton show. Right, which sounds like basically my greatest dream. It's yeah, it's pretty much the best thing ever. Uh, yeah. Basically, they get this uh, live orchestra and they do all the songs from every Tim Burton movie. And I mean, we're talking uh, Big to- or uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure to mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. They they run the whole gamut, do the whole soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's so good, and they have like <laughs> they're groaning. <laughs> Please don't orgasm on this show. No. <laughs> um, it's more of a sadness of just like oh, wanting to be there. Oh, so, so uh, but it's re- it was really awesome. And at the end, uh, Danny Elfman comes out and uh, does a couple songs from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh my god! And uh, the actress who played Sally comes out, and she did. And it was actually kind of like the closest thing I'm ever going to get to an Oingo Boingo re- uh, reunion. So. <laughs> you know, I was just pretty stoked. And then Tim Burton yeah. came out, thanked everybody. Oh and my it's god! Like a whole big thing. So anyway, yeah. uh, there was no way we were topping that. No, like, not even going to try to to yeah. attempt it. Yeah. Uh, so this year. Uh, there's this organization in, in LA and they have a couple other branches around the United States uh, called the Obscura Society. Okay. And basically what they do is they find like cool and unusual things to do. Um, for example, we got to tour um, the JPL, which is a, a branch of NASA. Oh, cool. And we got to see like the inside of that stuff. And then uh, we went on a, a little hike to this uh, mountain range in Pasadena that is called, uh, I think it's like the Devil's Gate. Mm-hmm. Where where Ron L. Hubbard and uh, a couple of his associates tried to uh, birth the Antichrist. Oh, great! Okay, right. uh, sounds so, like a good it, time. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. Uh, but anyway, they're doing uh, on Halloween. Um, they they haven't disclosed the location yet. Ooh. I know it's spooky, uh, but we're going to recreate. Uh, a seance that Harry Houdini's wife did before she died in order to contact Harry Houdini. Right. Okay. So um, it's really, I I don't know anything about this. Uh, It it kind of, we heard about it in passing and it sounded kind of cool. And and, and it was like, all right, well, let's just do that. Yeah. Um, Sounds pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. And I'm, my new thing right now is uh, like interactive theater. Yes. 
I, you were the one who got me into sleep no more. So. Sleep no more, right. Uh, so those words were used in describing this event. So I, immediately I was like, well, we're going to do that. Um, yeah. So so we're, we're going to try to raise Harry Houdini. Did you get that email from the McKittrick Hotel about I did. sleep I'm no more at Halloween? I'm so sad that we're not going. I know. I was so I, tempted. I had so, I'm so glad you loved that. Oh my God. Was it was kind of so like, amazing. said you were going to New York and I was like, yeah. oh, she should totally go to this, but I don't, oh, man. you know, we, we kind of, we, we hadn't really talked before and yeah. I didn't really know like what you'd be into or yeah. like what. That. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, she might be into it. Oh my God. It was amazing. And, and then, um, when we were at New York Comic Con, uh, Jackson Lansing, who worked on uh, Hacktivists, and yep. uh, he and Shannon Waters, um, who my editor at Boom, um, they both went, and they didn't know that each other was going. And I knew that both of them were going, but I didn't tell them. Because, <laughs> like, throughout the day on that, like, they went on a Wednesday, I think it's the same as when I went. Um, they both told me that they were going, and I, I gave them the same instructions, like the same, you know, information, the, the same tips. Although it's different for yeah. everybody, right? Like, you can't predict it. You can't predict you, it. You so can't, but happen. I think, I think you control how much of like i've heard reviews yeah. of people saying oh it was so terrible well obviously you weren't paying attention yeah. you just you, you went for through, it you, this is definitely uh you know you're in order to you're not only paying the the nine hundred dollars it's so expensive <laughs> right but uh, you know you're getting a workout you're, yeah you're going up and downstairs yeah um, so. Did you um, stay for the whole three hour thing or? I I did. And then, well, and yeah, no, I stayed right through to the very end. And then okay. I stayed in the bar for a little while afterwards. Um, for people who are listening who don't know what the hell we're talking about, <laughs> um, Sleep No More is an interactive theater event uh, uh, thing in New York that's done at the McKittrick Hotel that is based on both. Uh, is it? Is it? It's Hitch- Hitchcock's Rebecca <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. Right. So that, that's kind of weird. Like yeah. when, I, when I first read that, like, oh, how are, how does that work out? It, and it does, yet it does. Somehow. And basically it's an almost entirely silent thing that takes place on four floors of a hotel that are built like a haunted house where you can go wherever you want and explore. But you get the most out of it when you follow the actors and you follow the characters and you're in a mask and you know someone's part of the performance when they're not wearing a mask. Um, but there's so much that can happen and it's so spooky and cool. And it's there's so, a, it's there's so naked Lynchian, like, yeah. Oh like yeah. Just, it's crazy. You don't feel like and you're in real life. Nobody when you're talks. No. no, it's completely like interpretive dance. Yeah, it's amazing. And there's like, oh, it's, just, it's so cool. There's a there's a naked disco blood. Well, no, it's dubstep. Naked dubstep blood orgy <laughs> that happens. That was that was pretty fantastic. That part was pretty cool. Um, I, I danced with that guy. That did that you? one. It's, yeah. Oh man, yeah. that was I a just, little weird. It was so cool. Um, so, so Jackson and Shannon both went and they both got like one-on-one experiences uh, with, uh, yeah. with I actors. Didn't get any of those. I got one and it was great. Did you? Oh, oh yeah. Didn't I tell you that? No. The porter took me into a room and made out with my neck. <laughs> it was crazy. You were okay with that. You were like, yes. I'm oh, okay I was with super this. into it. The Let's guy was it. like hot. It was fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he like summoned me, like pulled me down a hallway into a room and then like, put on like oh it was so crazy because he he took off my mask and Whoa. yeah which was nuts and um because you know if you're there you're not supposed to take off your mask but he right. took off my mask so it was fine and then he put on a bunch of makeup and a wig 
and then like was crying <laughs> and then pushed me up against a wall really hard and just started kissing all up and down my jaw and neck. Um, it was interesting. And then wow. he and then he hugged me and said thank you and gave me a ring and like shoved me out the door. <laughs> and I spent the rest of the night covered in lipstick. That guy didn't actually work there. He, yeah, he no, he was just already there. in the building. He's just hanging out. Um, just happened to have a key. But the, apparently, there's like dozens of these one-on-one experiences that you can have. And I think both Shannon and Jackson had one, and they sounded nice. really cool. Jackson was like buzzing about it as much as I was because it's the coolest thing. And when Jackson, when Jackson, if anyone's ever met Jackson, when Jackson buzzes, <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's, so it's sort fun. of like a reactor going off. Yeah, like you were just kind of, I don't know. It's like a blast of excitement. Yeah, it was so great. That show was my first time meeting him, and it was one of those like he's awesome. I instantly yeah. like you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just want to yeah. hang out all the time. So yeah, I know he was really great, and so that my, was that was awesome. my fondest memory of that was uh, I didn't get any of the one on ones, but I, I did get to um, wipe. I, I got to bathe a naked witch. Oh, I don't yeah, even it, think I got to the witches. Oh yeah, I, I didn't. It wasn't like I, I didn't know who to follow, so I was just kind yeah. of following people. But uh, after after the, the the little wacky blood orgy, um, I guess they kind of go off to clean up. Yeah. Uh, As so you I ended do. up right. Uh, so I ended up following one of the witches um, into this like room. And it was like something out of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There were like. <laughs> bones all over the place what? and it's really weird so she's like in the corner and there's like a bucket of water <laughs> and it was like me and like this broy dude and like a couple of the girls and so she's kind of like we're watching her just sort of like wash herself and uh so like the two girls got bored yeah and so it's me and this broy dude and so uh she comes up to me and hands me the wash rag and I'm thinking she's going to turn around, but no. No. I'm, I'm just going to be washing that that whole stuff. And, uh, and I'm just, like, you know, trying to keep in mind, like, how far am I supposed to wash? So right. I can't kind of keep scrubbing the same spot. <laughs> and I swear to God, that broy dude was so getting off on that. <laughs> he was so weird. It was very well, uncomfortable. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't... But that's, that's what made it awesome. Uh, and I would totally do it again. Yeah. No, it was amazing. And I, I know they have other ones. They have one in London, I think. They're, get, they're getting one in L.A. I have heard that. And since I am hoping to be visiting L.A. more frequently, I hope that I will get to go to that. Because um, I definitely want to see everything that they ever do. <laughs> I know, right? right? I'm so excited. Um, oh, gosh. That's so cool. That's so cool. It's just the best. It, um it- the best yeah but houdini seance sounds pretty yeah, good sounds it's, like it's gonna be a good time i don't think i'll be washing any naked witches but you know maybe a ghost will follow me home i hope so me too <laughs> what if our comic becomes legitimately haunted that would be great <laughs> first haunted comic <laughs> um well that is very cool i'm i'm excited for that and for you i figured you would probably have some interesting halloween plans i'm just throwing a party you know are you yeah. oh yeah. What, what is what is Halloween like in Canada? Um, well, it uh, falls on October thirty first. Well, good. So <laughs> it's not like Thanksgiving where you're like you know us freaks who've already had Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I get to have Thanksgiving in America this year. Weird. Yeah, you, you'll uh, you'll be in L.A. I will. Uh, I will. 
that's that's weird. It's gonna be weird. I'm excited. Pie. <laughs> I hope there's lots of pie. <laughs> um, no Halloween here. I mean, it's 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 pretty big. Like uh, Halifax is pretty small, so there's not like giant uh, Halloween warehouse rave parties or anything. But um, you know, people get pretty into it. It's it's generally very heavily celebrated here, so I like that a lot. We have a really good fall, and everything's very. I mean, you guys don't really. Have we don't have fall. fall. We don't have. Seasons. We have. It's hot, or it's yeah. not so hot. Yeah, I am so. really looking forward to that. Are you? It's going to be great well, because it, by the time I go there, it's going to be like late November, early <laughs> December here. So it's going to be awful, <laughs> and I get to hang out in LA. Yeah, it's going to be great. Just, just you know, it just remind, just keep in mind that uh, you know it gets cold at night, but not, not during the day. It's 105. Right, but there aren't blizzards every week, which uh, there were here last winter. Uh, and every new comic book day, it was always on new comic book day or on whenever I had to fly. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Did, would that affect new comic book day? Like if snow yeah. doesn't? Yeah. Well, if I mean, if it snows, like because when it snows. I mean, last year was kind of an anomaly because the blizzards were crazy and they would like knock out power and people couldn't drive because there would be feet of snow that would drop overnight. So when that happened, the store was closed. Um, so new comic book day doesn't happen if the comic book store is not open. I, so, I hate to say this, but how awesome would it be if it snowed tomorrow or today, depending on. No, that would be fucking awful. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. It's snowing during Edward Scissorhands. I guess. I guess that's pretty appropriate. People would still come out for that. It would be like a show. <laughs> oh, my God. When I was, when we were in Dublin, um, I, we went to this natural history museum, which I think you would have loved. It was just like these two giant cavernous rooms full of um, like taxidermy, basically. Yes, I would and, like, love that. Skeletons. And they had uh, these crazy giant like, 20 feet tall Irish deer skeletons. They're huge, huge. They look like thestrals. They're just these giant, like black skeleton horses. Um, anyway, um, outside of this museum, the lawn had all this topiary and I kept trying to get someone to take a photo of me with the topiary. Cause I was like, Edward Scissorhands, but everybody was moving uh, away too fast and going somewhere else. So opportunity lost. We We need some photos of us near, and your shrubbery. <laughs> There's no shrubbery in LA. I don't even know what LA is like. It's a we're gonna have to, to we're gonna have to find like I don't know a hobo or something to hold some leaves. There's plenty of those. <laughs> Just a palm tree. Real. We'll like dump some soap flakes over a palm tree. It'll be great. Do, um, do you have anything you you particularly want to see in LA? I don't know. It's this like I'm gonna be there for two weeks. Um, uh, Jeremy, who I'm staying with, is gonna be taking me to the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas d- d- uh, haunted mansion, Disneyland, nice. and Disneyland, which is like my. Uh, I am so excited. It's gonna be so cute, and I'm gonna freak out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you will. I'm so excited for that. Um, I don't know. It's it's an entirely different universe to me. So I don't, what I mean, what do you recommend? Well, uh, you know, I recommend not going to Hollywood. Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> I, I pretty much just cross that off your list. Um, okay. It's, it's kind of one of those things that I think gets built up in people's minds. Like, ah, I'm going to go see Hollywood and see the man's Chinese theater and it's going to be mm-hmm. beautiful. Well, it, it was beautiful, like, in the 1940s. Right. No, not so much. Okay. Um, Great. It's, you know, a lot, of, a lot of hookers and hobos and... Uh, <laughs> They didn't really take care of it very much. Um, a lot of people wanting you to go on tours to yes. see uh, movie stars' homes. That's creepy. 
because that is that. that is something that you want to pay money for. Don't want to do uh, that. I yeah, just want so to eat really good food and go well, to that, bars. That you can do, yeah, and see some cool stuff. Cool. I, I'm I travel so like basically, like I just I go. I'm like, yeah, whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of good comic stores. Yes, I'm really uh, excited. And are we our thing that we're doing? Is that confirmed? I'm, I am. I am working on it. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Uh, keep an eye out on the Meltdown uh, Comics website. We are possibly going to do a, a little ninja gig signing there. Where yeah. We pop up signs and books. I would like that. But there's a lot of a lot of really good uh, a lot of really good stores. Um, you have to go to Halloween Town. What's Halloween it's, Town? That's in Burbank. Ooh. It's uh, I mean it's a it's a, a retail store, but all mm-hmm. they sell is like spooky stuff. Ooh. Not 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 goth things. <laughs> just like just spooky things. Just spooky things and like um, you know t shirts and stuff. But it's huge, and they have like an art gallery in the back, and it, it's kind of like the whole place is done up, and you're not allowed to take any pictures. So it's well, like, it's uh, still exist in like late November. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's there for it's year round thing. That whole that whole little area in Burbank is kind of awesome. It's like yeah. you have Halloween Town on one side of the street. Across the street is Creature Features, which <gasps> is um, this store that just sells like uh, vintage Halloween stuff and horror memorabilia and stuff. And then like a little bit ways down the street, uh, there's Dark Delicacies, which is a spooky bookstore. <gasps> All these yeah, things sound so good. You know, right? so. <laughs> I like having you as my like goth hotspot. I'll be your tour guide. Oh, thanks. Your ghost tour. Well, that's guide. exciting. Well, and we may may even have a second issue of our comic out <laughs> by then. Oh God, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I'm yeah. still I'm still like riding the high of the first issue. Oh yeah. There's no more issues coming out. <laughs> there <laughs> so better be. I wrote them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I can't. Uh, yeah, the fact that this series exists and that we're working on it is still boggling to me. Um, so I'm actually curious how this all started because I kind of came in like I I was uh, I was asked to just do like a pinup. Oh yeah. Um, for for Edward Scissorhands, I was actually asked to do a pinup for um, the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas book that IDW that is doing. Feels appropriate. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I, I'm a fan of the movie, but I, I didn't know too much about it. Um, mm-hmm. But the Edward Sisterhands thing kind of like, it threw me for a loop, mm-hmm. but I was like really excited for it. Yeah. Like, th- and, and at that time when I was asked, it was sort of just kind of like, I think like a glimmer yeah. in, in their minds. Like, this is a thing we're going to try to do. Right. And, and I was like, well, uh, okay. But at the time, like, I really couldn't see like, well, where would the further adventures of Edward Scissorhands go? Right. Um, so like I did like a quick pinup, like right. what my take would be on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't think anything else of it and just kind of like handed it off. And, and so like, I guess it was like a few months ago, they, they, uh, I was in contact with, uh, David Hedgecock and Sarah, yeah. uh, who's our editor. And, and they were like, oh yeah, we're doing Edward Scissorhands now. Yep. And I think my stomach just kind of dropped out of my body. <laughs> What? So yeah. I, I actually didn't know too much like how you got into this. Were you like, did you have to, like, did you pitch first or were you yeah, approached to pitch? I mean, I did. Like I got, I mean, the, the you know, the, the story I always tell is the, the true one that I just literally got an email from Ryle one day that was like, I can't, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was basically, 
how do you feel about Edward Scissorhands? And I was just like, I hate him. Yes. <laughs> what? Is this a possibility? Like, I do you, what? <laughs> and probably most of those words, that's about how it came out. I was just like, what, what? what? what what um and then uh yeah i pitched for it um did kind of an arc like what would you do with this story thing and then pitched for that and then you know ryle wrote back to me one day and he's like oh, i don't you know there were some issues they weren't sure that it was going to go through and it was like six months where nothing happened and i didn't hear about it and then one day i got an email that was like so um can you put together a five issue breakdown because we're going to start working on this like next week <laughs> i was just like what what <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I have nothing else going on in my life now. Um, And just, yeah, hammered that out. And then we were rolling. It was crazy. It went from zero to 60 in a week. It really did. Yeah. I was actually surprised how much. Oh, it was nuts. That was crazy. And then when Sarah got brought on, because originally Chris was going to be editing it. And then Sarah Gatos got brought on. And I was so excited because I had worked with her on uh, the Billy and Mandy one shot. And uh, it was fantastic. I finally read it. Um, and Sarah's just the best, as you know, as you well yes, know. Sarah. I do. She is the bestest of bestest town. When I signed, um, she <clears> wanted uh, Gabriel Rodriguez and I had to sign a copy of Scissorhands for her at New York Comic Con. I signed and wrote underneath the Roush and Leth, I wrote Gatos on the cover because I'm just like, you should be on here. She, she really should. I mean, yeah. she, I mean, I've worked with editors before, but um, usually they're just kind of, they stand back and. Yeah. Like, you let know. you let you do you and and but Sarah contributes and I really I really think that helps the process you know or oh completely getting like a, a third party because you know we're both full of ideas yes and it, you know so and she's very good at smoothing everything out smoothing everything out making it uh, make sense yeah she's definitely one of the best people that I work with and like you know it's so much the feedback that she gives me on the work that I hand in is always, it's always the stuff that's like, Oh my God. Yeah, of course. And now it's always, it's always like that. (laughs) And she's, she's amazing. So I, yeah, you know, I was, I was so pleased when I found out that she was going to be part of it because she's just the best. And, uh, the letters column has ended up actually being like one of my favorite parts of the book. I, you know, I'll be honest. I wasn't sold on the letters. I know. I know you weren't, and I'm sorry I pushed. No, don't be sorry, and I'm glad you pushed because it's it's turned out awesome. Um, I was just, you know, kind of like, well, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know about answering letters. Yeah. I never I never really read the letters page in comics uh, when I was a kid, so um, I didn't know, like, that was kind of like a, a, a new thing that was happening again. It's really big now, so, yeah. So. But it's cool that, you know, after seeing the first issue and seeing how how many re- people responded to that with mm-hmm. these, like, really, like, deep stories, like, way deeper than uh, and personal than I thought we were going to be yeah, doing. I was surprised by That's that. kind of like, whoa, extra yeah. ed pressure. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it was it, great. It, it, it turned out really good, and I'm glad mm-hmm. we're doing them, so... So Thank pleased. you for pushing me. Well, I was so excited at the concept of actually getting to do a letters column because it makes me feel like a real writer because <laughs> I'm still new to this game. And it's like, oh, boy, my first letters column. Um, so I really wanted to do it. And when Sarah mentioned it, I just kind of like sat in my chair, kicking my feet like, yay. <laughs> and they have been. The letters have been amazing. And um, especially now, like once the first issue comes out and people – will respond to it, not just from like my social media and, and yours and Sarah's, but from picking it up. Um, I hope we're going to get some even cooler, more varied stuff. Um, 
And uh, if you're listening to this and you want to write into Edward Scissorhands, you can totally do that. It's letters at idwpublishing.com. Am I right about that? Yep. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to put uh, like Edward in the subject line. Yeah. Something like that. And you have to write safe to print. But um, all the info is in the comic. So buy the comic. Buy the comic. (laughs) Buy our comic. uh, I kind of like want to talk about like everything that we did in it mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but like i you know i don't i won't i don't want to spoil it for people but no uh, i don't either but but the the one thing i do want to say is that i really loved the the idea of doing the nancy drew kind of take on it mm-hmm. well like, it was, i thought that was really smart it was really important to me to not uh have it just be something that exists just because we have the property you know like it had to right. i really wanted it to stand on its own and you didn't want to rehash the movie no. because then what would be the point of exactly. doing a, you know, you're given the opportunity to tell new stories. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, like when this was all, we were kind of like just talking about it and I didn't really know what your take was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, kind of thinking, well, I don't know where, where we're going to go with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what would be the further adventures of Edward Scissorhands? Exactly. That kind of sounds a little bit boring. Like, yeah. does, do we, do I, am I, am I just drawing 20 pages of him topiarying? Yeah, no, no. Uh, but then, like, I kind of, I kind of started to think about, um, I'm a big fan of universal monster movies. Mm-hmm. Like Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein stuff. And yeah. I, I kind of, right, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're classics. Uh, and I also love them, too, because to an extent, they're family friendly. They're, like, mm-hmm. almost all ages movies. Yeah. Um, they're creepy in the way that, the kind of creepiness I like, you yeah. know, it's not overly gory and it's, uh, it, I think it, it's very, it has an open appeal to it. Yes. So, uh, I kind of like started thinking, well, what if we did like, like there was kind of like almost like a Bride of Frankenstein deal. <laughs> and then I read your script or I read your treatment and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> now this is before Kate and I ever even exchanged an email. Right. I, I didn't know you from actually I, the only reason I knew you, your name was from your comics Alliance, uh, the cater die strip. And, uh, so yeah, I, I was like, Oh my God, it, we're sharing the same idea. <laughs> this is going to work out. And I like no longer felt nervous. I was, yeah. you know, I was like, sweet, we're, we're going to do good. And then yeah, that whole, the, the Nancy drew take, and I think is, is really smart. It'll it'll give us a chance, and I think doing it that way, we can maybe continue. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I hear Could rumors be. about that. There are rumors. <laughs> I hear whispers. Whispers around the edges of maybe, maybe the continuing possibly. adventures. <laughs> Who could say? More issues of Edward cutting to berries. (laughs) No, I think we've really, I mean, we've started to build up this whole new universe and this new cast of characters. And and I really wanted to give them their own life. And it's so funny because when I talked about this on the, the, I don't even know if I said it on the panel or when I was at the IDW booth, but approaching this because so much of the stuff I do now is licensed properties. And um, so you're taking these existing universes and you have to make something new with them. And it is so boring to me to just redo the same thing. Like every single, like both the Adventure Time books, the Fraggle Rock series, Bravest Warriors, like the first thing that I'm doing is introducing new characters. Sure, and like sure. switching it up because you, you want it to exist on its own. You want it to be its own thing. And um, I always look at the Josie and the Pussycats movie as being my benchmark of how to adapt a licensed property that maybe when you look at it, you're like, what could you do with that? 
right. then they went and did something like hilarious and amazing that is is its own monster. Um, so I, I mean, think I think there's definitely like um, a sense of wanting to be true to the source material and the fans is mm-hmm. I mean you're you're doing this for them. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's but, it's keeping it in that same tone. But yeah, like, but you yeah. totally have to like add some new elements yeah. to it. Um and and I think uh one of the new elements that you added was the uh the character of Megs. Mm-hmm. Um in a way I, I actually found her to be a stronger um female character than Kim was. That was what I was going for. <laughs> I mean, Kim Kim is actually a pretty crappy character. Yeah, um, like she she gets you gotta get the gist that you know she learns something at the end, but mm-hmm. she's kind of shallow teenager in the movie. Which is interesting because her mom, like Peg, like that character is a really interesting character. Right. Like right. I find her motivations and like you know her her issues and her just like that character was so much more interesting to me um, than Kim. Always has been. I don't know. I don't know why. Like she's just- it's well. You're right. I, I I thought actually Kim Kim was kind of a one note princess. Almost. She's the love interest, and you know, right. she's classic in that way and and delightful. But um, I really wanted to to work with to you know I love girls at the center of stories who aren't like a, a perfect hero. I mean the way that you know she's drawn, even the way that you do her, like she's not. Like beautiful, she's not she's like not, yeah, the she's, hot she's very like <laughs> she's playing really wallflowerish, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Megs does uh, that little girl at the end of Edward Scissorhands doesn't grow up to be uh, you know a hot topic employee. No, uh, no, she she grew up to be kind of just it's I don't know, just <laughs> the average girl. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a, a character that I think many people can or, you know, many people can project onto her, but she's not like uh, Bella from Twilight where she's completely blank no, no. and useless. <laughs> she's got, well, I, I mean, it's the elements. And, you know, when I was writing her, it's kind of like looking at, you know, me and the way that my friends were when we were, you know, 15 and 16. And it's where she's so antagonistic and vitriolic and like over emotional, mm-hmm. you know, when she's dealing with her mom and with her family, but then in the outside world, she's a lot more shy. Um, but she gets kinda... still frustrated. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> how stupid the outside world is. Yes. Um, so, you know, yeah, she's got agency and, and agenda. And I think her relationship with Edward is, is complicated. And I think as, as things continue, um, I think they're going to keep being a really interesting foil for each other because I just love Stories where there's a, a guy and a girl, or uh, you know, who are who are teamed up, but it's not a romantic relationship. It's not a romantic relationship. Like I right. think that stuff is just so interesting to me because it's just not done that often. So I always want to do it, and I always think it's you know, especially where she's got this whole past behind her of his romantic relationship with you know her grandmother, and so it's weird. And, and <laughs> he's like immortal, is he? I don't. Know. It's interesting. I, yeah, that's a question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, uh, let's call Mr. Burton and find out. <laughs> Do you think hey, he'll Tim. read it? Do you think he'll read it? I have I dreams. Know. I hope so. Like I, I yeah, I have it. dreams that uh, <laughs> you know. Nice. Hey, Mr. He comes to Comic Con one year. Yeah, you know. just walks by. Mr. Like, hey, I made a comic of your thing. What's up, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Timbo. <laughs> I would never call Tim Burton. No. Tim. <laughs> oh my goodness, no. Um, how excited are you for Big Eyes? 
I am very excited. Uh, the screenwriters are from the, the people that did uh, Ed Wood mm-hmm. and Big Fish, which uh, outside of like the traditional favorites yeah. of, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas and Edward Scissorhands um, mm-hmm. are two of my favorite Burton I movies. I love Big Fish. Big I Fish was Big Fish. It, it made me weepy watching that movie. Oh, yeah. That really? one, the part of the circus where time freezes right? yes. and walks through and like knocks down the popcorn. Oh my God. So, so good. good. <laughs> um, totally like fangirling out here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we- <laughs> there's lots of that, guys. Uh, when you see it at a convention, that this yeah. is what is going to happen. <laughs> Isn't he great? Um, Gosh. <laughs> uh, but yeah but uh big guys yeah, uh looks awesome. awesome uh it's actually a really interesting story mm-hmm. um it looks you know, fantastic you know I, I i'm curious to see to see tim burton do something um that that is part of history yeah um and i really think that that it coming out now mm-hmm. is going to resonate with a lot of people yeah uh, um well the idea where, of artistic know, theft is uh well, there's that, but there's also like this. Uh, if anyone's not familiar with the story of Big Eyes, um, I'm actually blanking on their names right now. Margaret, Margaret Keene and Margaret uh, Keen her husband, who's her husband. I can't remember, played by Christoph Waltz. Right. So yay! But uh, but I know he's awesome. He's but um, but they're 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 both Keens, and uh, as Margaret um, gets more famous with her paintings. Uh, her husband sort of kind of like starts saying that she, that, that the, uh, the, the world is not built, is not ready for a, a woman artist. Mm-hmm. And so he sort of like starts taking the credit. Yeah. Uh, and like, they just, they become rich, Yeah. but it's all because of her paintings. And I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm sure you could Google the, uh, you can, you can glean this much from the trailers. So but, we're not, uh, we're not spoiling anything. But, uh, but yeah, the, you know, they go to court and stuff, and, and this whole movie is kind of about that history. And I think, I think today that's very – I think a lot of people can resonate between the, the world of male-dominated uh, industries versus yeah. female. So if, it, if Burton does it right, it, it could be a very important movie. I hope – it looks so fantastic. It looks like such a – I just love to see him shaking things up. You know, I mean, that was what I loved about Big Fish so much. It was like a, such mm-hmm. a hard right, you know, uh, so different than everything and else. I, in, and and I, I think after Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and, we, and need, need, need we need a break. Stuff. <laughs> so I'm excited well, and I'm looking forward I liked to Frank, I liked Frank and Weenie. I, I thought it was great. I haven't seen it. <gasps> oh. Um, I've seen the original uh, many, right. many times. Because um, I used to have on, I think on the, the DVD of Nightmare Before Christmas that I had uh, when yeah. I was younger, it had Vincent and Frank and Weenie on it. And I love Vincent. Vincent so much. is the best. I love Vincent. Vincent is the best. I love that. I have that poem memorized, and I used to like say it to like put myself to sleep. Um, Did you see Vincent Price uh, voice? Uh, I would try. I would try. <laughs> I would imagine it that way. Um, Drew, one of one of the last things I always ask: uh, What comics are you reading? What comics are you liking right now? Well, it is the the Halloween season. Um, Keep it thematic. I know, <laughs> uh, and and you know, there's not like there's not like a ton of like horror books. I'm a little bit behind, so my I don't know. I've been I've been kind of 
diving into my my archives of books uh, one of the actually i'll start off with one of the the newest books i enjoyed um that's sabrina the teenage witch yeah that that archie put out mm-hmm. is brilliant yep i love that book that's so, good. so much um and i i don't think i'd ever i never thought i'd hear myself say that yeah <laughs> like but it's really well done. I love the painted style. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely gives off like that that EC Comics feel. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of I kind of liked. Um, I, I've been into the the afterlife of Archie. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I kind of sort of like I, I get it. I get its appeal. But there was actually one issue. I think it was. I guess it was the last issue with mm-hmm. with Sabrina, and they kind of it's where the spinoff starts. Yeah. Uh, when it was all like Lovecraft themed, and that was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, oh, that last like well, spread. Yeah, yeah, Oof. blew my mind. Yeah, um, amazing. But uh, let's see, um, what am I reading? Uh, I actually I picked up uh, Pim and Francie by Al Columbia, which is from Fantagraphics. Okay. Um, just just a, a footnote, all my choices are going to be really obscure. So. That's fine. That's fine. Please, Branch outside please, of what I read. <laughs> please go find them. They're, they're, uh, I enjoy them, and I think you will, too. Um, but yeah, uh, so Fanagraphics put out Pim and Francie. Um, I don't know how I came about it. Uh, I guess I just kind of saw it on Tumblr or something, but it's, it's weird. Um, it's not a story, but it's like this collection of the, – the, the artwork looks like cells from like um, – the silly symphonies, like everybody's got all the characters have pie eyes and they're all noodly armed. And, uh, but it is twisted. Yeah. It is like the lost cartoons of that era. Awesome. Uh, and it all revolves around these two characters and the, the wacky shenanigans they get into. It's all in black and white. Um, and it's really weird. Beautiful hardcover. Uh, another one from Fanagraphics is the uh, Taint the Meat. It's the Humanity book by uh, Jack Davis. Oh, yeah. That cover is amazing. Right? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's all it's a collection of all his tales from the Crypt comics, which I grew up on. They're kind of like a big inspiration of mine. Um, so I, I like, I'm glad that they, uh, they put that all together. Um, let's see. Uh, Serenity Rose, which is actually by a friend of mine, Aaron Alexovich. Um, he put out his uh, 10, 10 Awkward Years collection. It is literally 10 years worth of his comics. Oh and he had an amazing Kickstarter. It's a gorgeous hardcover that he self-published. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Scary Godmother by Jill Thompson. Oh, Yeah. Dark Horse, uh, I guess it was a couple years back, put it to a collection of her storybooks and mm-hmm. then a collection of like the old comics, yeah. the old black and white comics, which are gorgeous. I love Jill Thompson's art. So, I mean, that's pretty much Halloween personified right there. Yeah. I love Scary Godmother. Right. And uh, uh, finally, I guess, um, The Hidden by Richard Sala. Oh, I love his stuff. I love his stuff too, but the hidden was really great. It's very kind of like post-apocalyptic, but yet creepy. Mm-hmm. I love his, I love his art because it's kind of like almost flash tattoo-y. Yeah. Like the, his colors. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's really vibrant. It's his style is so fun and spooky. Yeah. And it's very it's spooky. spooky. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Drew, is there anything else uh, of yours or places you're going to be that we should look out for? 
Well, um, I do have one little thing. I am part of a Kickstarter right now. It's going on. It's very spooky. It's it's uh, called the Canaan Cult Revival, and they they're halfway through the Kickstarter right now. It's an anthology book. Uh, the artwork is gorgeous. Um, it's all about, I guess, <laughs> they coined the term witch, witch exploitation. Oh, nice. So, so all the books, the, all the stories are about witches. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great cast of artists. Uh, I am one of them. Well, uh, I then we sh- know it's great. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> no. 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 Oh, you're too <laughs> sweet. Um, uh, and, and I would love it if people uh, stop by my website. Uh, to check out my Blackstone match. It's, it's vintage Halloween-y. It's about a town that suffers from the fear of Halloween. Um, it's, it's a little, the schedule is a little erratic right now due mm-hmm. to scissor hands, so please forgive me, but I am still updating it. Uh, it's written by Jocelyn Gageway, who uh, is a fantastic spooky writer. Mm-hmm. And I would love it if you guys came to check it out. It's at com. It's the best. So exciting. And if people want to find you on Twitter... Uh, Twitter, it's Drew underscore Roush. Um, I, I tend to talk a lot of nonsense. And mm. so it's just you and I talking about how much we love Sarah, pretty much. It, it really is. <laughs> that's kind of what it's turned into. Yeah. I think I've gained more followers that way. So yeah, just I'm like doing it on, on, for yeah. your consideration. She's still great. She's still awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and Facebook, it's, it's Drew Roush. And it, that's Amazing. pretty much just, you know. That's it. And Tumblr. I'm on the Tumblrs. You're everywhere. I, I'm everywhere. And come see me at, at, at Beach Ball Comics tomorrow. And Well, that'll oh, be today, and, probably, or yesterday. Today, yes, October or 22nd, yes. let's just say so, that. So, if, if it's the, if, if you, if we, if it's tomorrow, then yes, come. If you don't hear this Thursday, I hope you came, and I hope we had a wonderful conversation. Alright. So, yeah. Alright, now I'm getting all <laughs> That's time fine. Me. Um, don't worry about it, Drew. Thank you so much for talking to me. I'm excited to keep working with you and uh, have a really awesome Halloween. You too. Happy Halloween, Kate. Bye, Drew. Bye. No, 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 no. I know that you want to the pages inside my heart. Well, that's our show. I am off now, as I have said, to the Halloween Comics Fest at Comics Megazone in Puerto Rico. I cannot believe that's a thing that I can say that is real life. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Uh, when I get back, it's Halloween. So, man, what a world. I'll be at Halcon in uh, my hometown on uh, November 7th to 9th. That's going to be great. And uh, I, I guess that's it, man. Like, do something spooky. Eat some candy. This is the best holiday of the year. And there are so many good comics to read. And uh, if you live near a comic shop that participates in Halloween Comics Fest, check it out because it's a program they do every year uh, not in every shop, not in every city but uh, where you can buy these uh, collections of mini comics. It's like five bucks for 20 of them. I mean, every store has a different policy but you can get mini comics to actually hand out for Halloween. Now, our shop, Strange Adventures in Halifax does this every year and it's awesome. I just did it for the first time last year and uh, I mean... I would recommend also handing out candy because you don't want to be that guy. But giving kids comics and candy and watching how excited they get about it is really, really cool. So if it's something that's available to you, uh, check into it. Ask your local comic shop. Uh, but how cool is that? Giving out comics for Halloween. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you like this show and want to keep us in fresh, malleable corpses, consider donating on villagesoundcast.com. Got questions or want more? Find us on Facebook, on Twitter at LTLcast, and get show notes at lessthanlivecast.tumblr.com. 
happy Halloween, everybody. I'll miss you. Normally, at the end of the podcast, a gentleman would tell you that this was a Village Soundcast Network production, but I'm afraid he was unavailable today. (laughs) Happy Halloween! (laughs) Spoken for you, and it's spoken for you. (laughs) Halloween is cute. You get a ghoul and you get a goblin.